This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We alluded to this earlier, and I think an important report out today from Scotiabank Economics, looking at the impact of pipeline delays and uncertainty and what it means for not just Alberta, but for the country. And, and I think it's important to, to look at it in that context because it's not just a hypothetical conversation we're having, right? All of this has some real-world impact. This report uh, from Scotiabank finds that lack of pipelines, the resulting discounts for Canadian heavy oil, could cost the economy billions this year, maybe as much as $15.6 billion. Joining us to talk more about this report, very pleased to welcome the program, Rory Johnston, a commodity economist with Scotiabank Economics. Rory, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we'll talk about how we go about quantifying these things in the first place. Yeah, so Canadian oil, and particularly Canadian heavy oil, does trade typically at a natural discount to uh, the main price of oil that most people consider, which is WTI or West Texas Intermediate Crude, which is priced down in Cushing, Oklahoma. So West Texas Intermediate is a light, sweet crude, which means it's, it, it doesn't require a lot of refining to make fuels like gasoline and diesel. Compare that to something like Western Canadian Select, which is Canada's main heavy oil benchmark, which is both heavy and sour, which means it has more sulfur content. So the discount between those two it needs to reflect two things. It needs to reflect the cost of transportation between Cushing uh, in Oklahoma and, uh, and Hardesty in Alberta, where WCS is priced, as well as the quality differential between uh, those two benchmarks. Um, what we can do is we can, we can use other heavy and light benchmarks on the U.S. Gulf Coast to, to, to get a sense of, of what that quality discount is. And over the last couple of years, that quality discount has varied, but it's remained relatively stable at around $8 U.S. a barrel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, however, the, the transportation uh, different aspect of that differential is far more volatile. For the two years before the latest Keystone outage in mid-November, that discount averaged about $5 a barrel for heavy oil uh, transport between uh, Cushing and Hardesty. Um, however, after the Keystone pipeline outage in mid-November, the, the spill and subsequent, it was a, it was a 12-day service suspension on the line. Um, that backed up about 600,000 barrels a day of Canadian heavy crude back into Alberta. Now, that flooded into Alberta uh, tank farms and, and Alberta oil inventories have hit all-time highs as that crude has been unable to get to market. What you saw uh, because of that, 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 that pipeline bottleneck and that filling of, of inventory rapidly approach, uh, approaching uh, capacity for those tank farms is uh, Alberta heavy crude started selling at, at distressed discount levels. So we saw the implied transportation uh, discount rise from about $5 a barrel to over $22 a barrel uh, as of early February. Now that's eased slightly. Uh, we believe that there has been some mild oil by rail pickup, but that but you're still trading at, at about a $28 uh, discount versus a more natural discount of about $13 a barrel. 
Right. And, and so that, that's lost revenue. And I, I think here in Alberta, maybe there's a better understanding of that. Um, you know, we've been talking about what used to be called the bitumen bubble for four years now. But as, as this report points out, I mean, there's consequences well beyond Alberta's borders here. That's exactly true. So, so um, it, it, the other thing to, to remember is not all of Alberta's production is heavy oil. A lot of it is also light uh, types of uh, vitamin that have been upgraded uh, to lighter synthetic crudes. So those have also taken a hit uh, because of the, the constraints on pipeline capacity and, uh, and the rising inventories. So what, what you can do is you can kind of get a difference uh, between where we're currently standing and where I, I mentioned those kind of natural discount levels are. Uh, and, and with that, you can, you can imply a certain opportunity cost on, on, on both the economy and on the Alberta oil patch. So since the Keystone outage to last Friday when, I, when the report was released, uh, or, or uh, when the report was written, uh, the, the opportunity cost uh, of for just since, just since the outage was, was over $3.2 billion Canadian. Uh, and, and while it, uh, the current discounts, if current discounts persist, the annualized cost to the, to the, to the Alberta uh, oil patch could be as high as $15.6 billion. Uh, what we do think is going to happen is oil by rail transportation is economical at this stage. The, the arbitrage and the gap between that more than covers the higher cost of rail. But the challenge there is that uh, there are contractual and, and logistical supply chain issues that are preventing rail companies from coming on as quickly as, as we we're hoping they would to fill that pipeline gap. So by, by the third or fourth quarter, we do expect oil by rail to pick up. Uh, and those discounts on WCS to fall from about $28 a barrel today to near $18 a barrel. Uh, and that, that will reduce the, the, the cost to the, to the Canadian economy and to Alberta, uh, but it'll, it'll still be a very, very high uh, number of upwards of $10.8 billion. Yeah, yeah, that's still a pretty big number. What's interesting, too, and, and you talk about this delay as, as a self-inflicted wound. What do you mean by that? So what we've found is that, or, or what we've seen in, in the current news cycle is that it, there, there really isn't a national consensus around Canadian energy strategy or around getting uh, our product to market. So it, it, I'm, I'm very agnostic to which particular pipeline is built, but uh, all, all our report is really shining a light on is, is that uh, regardless of which pipeline we're talking about, uh, there are real costs to the economy from uh, from a lack of this pipeline capacity, not only the direct cost we're seeing right now, but also the cost of the uncertainty in terms of the the, the downstream effects on investment. And that's not going to be erased anytime soon. I think that's the kind of the unfortunate thing here. No, exactly. So so the, the first major pipeline we do expect to come online is uh, the Enbridge's Line Three. Uh, and that, that we're expecting to come online in the second half of 2019. So that's about 370,000 barrels a day of, of additional capacity for the region. Uh, that, that, will, that will ease this, uh, this pipeline uh, capacity deficit slightly. But based on uh, current projections of growth for, for Alberta and Saskatchewan production, we still believe that even with Line 3 and even with the Sturgeon Refinery uh, now coming on to full capacity and, and, and uh, acting as another domestic draw for that crude, uh, we're still going to outstrip our takeaway capacity, and we're going to need either Keystone XL or Trans Mountain expansion in order to get, in order to bring those discounts back to levels that are much more um, uh, reflective of adequate takeaway capacity and, and, and more reflective of what I was talking about in terms of the, the natural discount for Canadian oil.
Does this report address at all the, the question of refining and upgrading? Because the argument's been made that that's uh, another way of of dealing with this this uh, price gap that exists. That if we were producing and exporting a, a different product, an upgraded product, that that we could fetch a higher price. Um, there's it, it, it's a complicated question because even though you could have additional domestic draws for heavy Canadian oil, you would still need pipelines and other infrastructure to get that refined product to market. So what we do see in Alberta, I think the I think the rough number is about 2.1 million barrels a day for for Western Canadian production of heavy oil, and about 2 million barrels a day of Western Canadian production for light oil. Now most of that light oil is actually also sourced from the oil sands. But it is bitumen that's been upgraded to to the status of lighter synthetic crude. So those are all they're all competing for for pipeline space. And you and, and uh, the the big takeaway is that uh, Alberta and and Western Canada produce a lot a lot more oil and a lot more petroleum products than the region consumes. So it, it needs to be exported uh, along some avenue, whether or not that's pipelines or 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 in the next little while, uh, rail and trucking. All right. Well, people can read more at uh, scotiabank.com. Rory, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right. Take care. Rory Johnston, uh, commodity economist with Scotiabank Economics. Uh, This report uh, of this week, pipeline approval delays, the cost of inaction. Canada's oil patch finds itself with too much crude and too few pipelines. And that's resulted in the depression of the value of Canadian crude relative to U.S. and global benchmarks. Hence the substantial loss of revenue, even if we get an uptick in oil by rail this year. We're still looking at foregone revenues of over $10 billion, and that's a best-case scenario. A self-inflicted wound, they call it, and uh, that's probably true, unfortunately. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.